The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you'll see two videos at the top of the page. One on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. You can catch that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we are. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you've got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble, where we got a lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning to you guys. Good to see you. And um, also be sure to subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page, we're live over there. And we thank those guys for giving us a platform. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live. Um, that's, that goes out every day, late, e- late afternoon, early evening, all the articles we have, including the morning show archive. So anything you see or hear, or I read off to you or whatever, all that's listed in there. And, um, if you haven't been over there to see it and you're interested in those kinds of things, this was the one we had for yesterday. So, uh, if I can, I'll just open this up real quick, just to give people who haven't seen them, uh, what it is. Cause sometimes I run across things and I get emails or get messages and uh, if you're watching on the platform, the Rumble platform or any of the, the uh, websites that I mentioned, then you'll see. And so we we give you the scriptures we reference. We give you the stories we the stories from the day before. Uh, we also give you all of the links to the things that I mentioned as far as the history of salt yesterday. Um, uh, we also have some bonus videos. Now, these are things that I usually don't talk about uh, on the air because there's just a lot of different things. There are things that I find interesting or there are things that... Uh, uh, maybe you'll find interesting uh, on there. So that's what you can check out. That's what the Morning Show Archive has. So any of that stuff that you're looking for, uh, you don't have to write me about it. You can just go to the site and you can find it there uh, based on the title of the show that we're doing. With that said, um, th- there's a couple of things that I ran across here before we get in into this. Um, and I, I'm going to have to, let's see, I'm going to have to pull this window up. Because I had these open. I ran across a story yesterday and I forgot to have it up. And I was trying to load up a bunch of things this morning. A lady took everything she had. And she had a piece of property in Arizona, I think it was. Uh, it wasn't oceanfront property, obviously. But but uh, she uh, sold her property. She was like, I don't know, 50 or 51 or something. And she sold her property to get a facelift. No kidding. She she sold her property to get a facelift, and now she lives in a van. Now, there's nothing wrong with living in a van. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. She says, I live in a van, but I look fabulous. Now, if I could pull up the article here, I'd show it to you. I don't think the lady looks any different. And why you would sell a piece of property to, to do something like that to yourself, to me, boy, you're talking about vanity. Ah, you think about the... King Solomon, 
all of the stuff he did. And he comes to the end of his life and he says, all is vanity. All it's all vanity. What we do, what we're doing to build ourselves up in some fashion like that, other than the means the Lord has given us, and we're, we talk about some of that kind of stuff as far as keeping ourselves healthy on uh, Saturdays. But all of these kind of surgeries, um, you know, that quote unquote enhance our body, but they really don't enhance our bodies. Absolutely incredible. This one was also in the news. Um, a vegan influencer dies to starvation and exhaustion after diet change. And look at that lady. I mean, it just, it looks, it, I mean, she just looks unhealthy. Um, so I, I'm not really surprised that. This was one too. The chicks, they used to be the Dixie chicks until they wanted to remove their Southern heritage like uh, Lady Annabellum, now they're Lady A or something like that. Uh, I don't, I just think that's goofy, but I'm surprised there's people still listen to them. Um, they're canceling their show due to ongoing illness. What do you think that's the cause of? Mm -hmm. you, do you know that Pee Wee Herman, you know, died and they said, well, he's been battling cancer for five years. Yeah, you, he probably got the shot too. In fact, I'm pretty sure I read an article where there was definite information where he did take the shot. And those shots stimulate that cancer growth. They're calling it turbo cancer. I think it was Dr. Young who was talking about that, that they've never seen cancers explode like they have. Oh, what's going on? What, what, what's causing all that? Anyway, see the correlation? Yeah. Then we have this reprobate. Uh, you, you can't make it up. Man transformed into border collie takes a walk for the first time. Yep. And now it's, he doesn't turn himself into a real dog. He just spent $14,000, I think it was. Yeah, $14,000 to have a specialist costume company, Zepit, create the outfit in 2022. And then there's a video of this guy, um, you know, here it is dog bowl. He's a, he's an Oriental guy. Um, I was trying to think of where he was from, but you just see this, this, this is reprobate. There's no other way to say it. What business does a man have doing this? There is something, there's a mental malfunction going on here. And um, th this lady takes him out in the street. He said, I was so nervous. I mean, you're you talking about when, when God says that the people who forget him, they'll be turned into hell. The, na the nation that forgets him will be turned into hell. I mean, you better believe it. You're seeing it right in front of your eyes. The United States is being turned into hell. There's no question about it. Um, it's absolutely incredible. It really is. So today I want to talk about some things that, that, that they're not, they're telling you, but they're not telling you, uh, that can hurt you. They really can. The first one, do you guys remember when we had Ava Chen on and we were talking about the, um, the new federation, uh, what is it? The new, new federal state of China. They're, they're working to bring down the, the communist party in China. And she mentioned this guy by the name of Miles Gu. Now, uh, Miles had laid out some stuff here. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this short video from you uh, from Miles here, and I think you're gonna find this very very interesting. And then, all of a sudden, the Department of Justice arrests him, throws him in jail, and um, trumped up charges. He's somehow involved in a conspiracy. As if the federal government is conspiring against the, its own people every day. And they are. I'm going to show you one of those videos in a minute. In fact, you're going to be amazed at who it comes from. It's actually a good report. Uh, and you're going to be amazed at who it comes from. This is Miles Gould. And I want you to listen to what he's calling out here. So Since the like, establishment of World Economic Forum in the 1970s, they had the summer Davos in Tianjin when Davos ran its first forum in China. At that time, the CCP's Ministry of National Security dispatched about 400 to 500 people on-site to take surveillance measures and install surveillance equipment in advance including videotaping. 
Recalling the summer Davos in Tianjin, the CCP selected underaged young girls from Tibet, Xinjiang, and Yunnan to participate in the so-called Davos Art Performance Group. You can see how many little girls and minors were in that group. You can go ahead and search it up yourself. My friends who were from the Ministry of National Security inside CCP's political and legal department told me, Miles, this is not the World Economic Forum. Those bastard elites are pedophilia and came here for underaged girls. He told me about the most scariest thing from these young girls, blood serum. He said, I just found out Tianjin Authority was required to fulfill their blood banks in large amounts to prepare for the critical supply. This is the Chinese practice of adrenochrome harvesting for those global elites who wanted to stay young and energetic. Those CCP assholes always fell asleep during meetings, but have you seen them sleeping in summer Davos in Tianjin? You can go to check it out. You can check out those fancy hotels built in Tianjin at that time. None of these hotels allowed ordinary Chinese people to enter. These global elites each occupied an entire floor in the hotel and there were around a thousand attendees from the summer Davos in Tianjin back then. Why did the CCP authority have to provide tight security to these hotels? Why did the CCP have to enforce heavy security measures for the entire city? What were those global elites doing there? Now, when we look at the Davos today, we can see the evidence of the crimes committed by the World Economic Forum. I'm telling you. Sorry about the, the word there, I missed that. But he's calling them out for pedophilia being a part of a world pedophile ring. Both the Communist Party in China and the World Economic Forum. Now, that should come as no surprise to anybody that that's what's going on. But he's calling them out for that. Now he's sitting in jail under the direction of the DOJ. By the way, I have uh, the article up on sonslibertymedia.com so you can, in fact, see what they're accusing him of. Um they're giving all his aliases and things of this nature. By the way, this is coming out of the Southern District of New York as well. Um, Damian Williams, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, and Michael Driscoll, Assistant Director in Charge of the New York Field Office of Federal Bureau Investigation. They're claiming that um, he is being charged with various wire fraud, securities fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering charges. Yet our government isn't involved in any of that kind of stuff, are they? Our government's not involved in any kind of insider trading or any kind of fraud, like safe and effective, like nobody's really dying from the shot. Nobody's really injured from the shot. Yet they're not engaged in any kind of crimes like that, are they? See, they go after these people who expose what they do, and in turn, they're just doing it to point the finger at them for what they're guilty of doing. No question in my mind that's what they're doing. But you can see that on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. I wanted to bring this one over. Now, this one is... Now, if they're doing that to him, now, he's a guy who's obviously speaking out against China. China has all this influence and bribery and everything else within the White House and within our Congress. I mean, can you think back, if this was the 80s, and the story of Dianne Feinstein's uh, you know, two-decade-long driver advisor came out, do you think she'd still be in office? I mean, she's a decrepit old lady. She can't even, she can't even function on her own right now. Kind of like Mitch McConnell. Do you think that would have just been let given a go by the people at the time? But the people have just... We, we're bombarded with so much information we can't focus on one thing and get it done. But what about Eric Swalwell and his little honeypot? Do you, do you think that would have went in the 80s? When I was growing up, I, I don't think it would have went over. I think they would have had to have dealt with those people. The people would just wouldn't have put up with it. Um, now I, the source of this, forgive me, but I got to tell you, it's a good report. This is from, this is back in 2009. Now I think you remember the big talk was Guantanamo Bay, right? And the end later on, the NDAA would come, which has been going on for some time, but it really came up when it talked about indefinite detention. Yeah. If the government just thinks you might be a potential terrorist, they can go and arrest you, take you anywhere in the world, and they don't have to give you a trial or squat. 
The Constitution be damned. That's that's their that's their approach. Because the Fourth and Fifth Amendments are very clear about the protections that they're supposed to supply to the people to keep government from doing that. But the Second Amendment is to keep them from doing it. You want a real solution to a lot of problems, men, you start building up your militia in your local community. You start building them up. You start informing one another. You start discipling one another. You start encouraging and praying with one another. You start training together. You start doing that because you're going to need each other when all of this goes down. They're going to try to pick you off one by one. I doubt they're going to roll down your neighborhood in tanks. That might eventually come, but they're going to try to pick you off one by one, and you're going to need to be there for each other. You really are. You're going to need to be in each other's lives. Social media has distanced us from each other. Now, some people think this has brought some people closer together. It has. It has. But for the majority of what I see, man, it divides people. It distances people from each other. People say things to people online they would never say to their face. They would have much more respect talking to you face to face than they do online. Tell me it's not the case. It's absolutely the case. This, this report comes from MSLSD, Rachel Madcow. And I got to tell you, in this report, she sounds like a sane person. <laughs> she really does. And this is on Obama's prolonged detention. Now, this is, again, 2009. You're seeing this with all kinds of people. The January 6th people, how long have they been in prison? Yeah, some, many of them without trials. Some of them I had read even without, char without real charges against them. Listen to this report. It runs about seven minutes, but I think it's worth your time to hear because, again, Ron Paul warned back in 2012 in his presidential run, he, he, he was warning people, if we're willing to let waterboarding be done, if we're willing to allow all kinds of other torture, and, and people say, well, this isn't torture, they're cutting people's heads off. Yes, it is. Let me go do it to you, and you tell me whether or not it's torture. It is. Don't try to justify it. And they really weren't getting any good information out of it anyway. By the way, Governor Ron DeSantis was down there at Guantanamo too. Mm -hmm. Just so people know who he is. Not only is he is his allegiance to a foreign entity, the, the Vatican, the papacy, as a Roman Catholic, but he's involved with this stuff too. Here's Barack Hussein, Barack Hussein Obama Satora Sabarka. Um, 2009, and this is a report again from Rachel Madcow. Listen to what goes on here. But we begin tonight with a tale of two speeches, both from the same man, both from President Obama. One speech that could have been billed as a ballad to the Constitution, a proclamation of American values, a repudiation of the lawless behavior of the last presidential administration, and another speech announcing a radical new claim of presidential power that is not afforded by the Constitution and that has never been attempted in American history, even by George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. Remarkably, President Obama today made both of those speeches simultaneously. Standing inside the National Archives in front of the actual original Constitution, President Obama delivered a blistering critique of the Bush administration in which he called their actions and their legacy literally a mess. Our government made a series of hasty decisions. Poorly planned, haphazard approach. Too often, we set those principles aside as luxuries that we could no longer afford. Our government made decisions based on fear rather than foresight. The decisions that were made over the last eight years established an ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism that was neither effective nor sustainable. An ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism that was neither effective nor sustainable. Ouch. Then, moments later, he announced his own, his own ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism. President Obama today proposed something new, something called prolonged detention. Doesn't sound that bad, right? Prolonged detention. Did you ever see the movie Minority Report? It was based on a Philip K. Dick short story. It came out in 2002. It starred Tom Cruise, remember? He played a police officer in something called the Department of Pre-Crime. 
Pre-crime is where people are arrested and incarcerated to prevent crimes that they have not yet committed. Mr. Marks. My mandate of the District of Columbia Pre-Crime Division. I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks and Donald Dubinos take place today, April 22nd, at 0800 hours, four minutes. No, I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, but you're gonna. Future murder. Creepy, right? Putting somebody in jail, not for what they've done, but for what you're very sure they're going to do? There may be a number of people who cannot be prosecuted for past crimes. In some cases, because evidence may be tainted, but who nonetheless pose a threat to the security of the United States. We're not prosecuting them for past crimes, but we need to keep them in prison because of our expectation of their future crimes. Like paddleboard. Al Qaeda terrorists and their affiliates are at war with the United States, and those that we capture, like other prisoners of war, must be prevented from attacking us again. Prevented. We will incarcerate people preventively. Preventive incarceration. Indefinite detention without trial. That's what, that's what this is. That's what President Obama proposed today. If you strip away the euphemisms. One civil liberties advocate told the New York Times today, quote, we've known this was on the horizon for many years, but we were able to hold it off with George Bush. The idea that we might find ourselves fighting with the Obama administration over these powers is really stunning. And it is stunning, particularly to hear President Obama claim the power to keep people in prison indefinitely with no charges against them, no conviction, no sentence, just imprisonment. It's particularly stunning to hear him make that claim in the middle of a speech that was all about the rule of law. But we must do so with an abiding confidence in the rule of law. Our government was defending positions that undermine the rule of law to ensure that they are in line with the rule of law. How can a president speak the kind of poetry that President Obama does about the rule of law and call for the power to indefinitely, preventively imprison people because they might commit crimes in the future? How can those two things coexist in the same man, even in the same speech? Well, that brings us to the self-consciously awkward, embarrassing part of this speech today. After condemning the Bush administration for what he called their ad hoc legal strategy for trying to make things seem legal that patently weren't, this is what President Obama proposed. My administration has begun to reshape the standards that apply to ensure that they are in line with the rule of law. We must have clear, defensible, and lawful standards for those who fall into this category. We must have a thorough process of periodic review so that any prolonged detention is carefully evaluated and justified. Our goal is to construct a legitimate legal framework for the remaining Guantanamo detainees that cannot be transferred. Our goal is not to avoid a legitimate legal framework. In our constitutional system, prolonged detention should not be the decision of any one man. If and when we determine that the United States must hold individuals to keep them from carrying out an act of war, we will do so within a system that involves judicial and congressional oversight. And so going forward, my administration will work with Congress to develop an appropriate legal regime so that our efforts are consistent with our values and our Constitution. You'll construct a legal regime to make indefinite detention legal. You will, what does he say? Develop an appropriate legal regime so you can construct a whole new system outside the courts, even outside the military commissions, so that you can indefinitely imprison people without charges. And you'll build that system from scratch. What's that somebody said about ad hoc legal strategies? Just for context here, in the United Kingdom, where there isn't even a Bill of Rights, there's been a major debate about whether people can be held in preventive detention. Former British Prime Minister Tony Blair wanted three months to be the outer limit for how long anyone could be held. There was a big political fight about it. Parliament ended up limiting that power to 28 days. 28 days is still the longest period of preventive detention that's allowed under law in any comparable democracy anywhere in the world. How long would President Obama's proposed preventive indefinite detention last? Well, he's not saying yet, but here's how he defines the threat that he says makes indefinite detention necessary. 
Right now in distant training camps and in crowded cities, there are people plotting to take American lives. That will be the case a year from now, five years from now, and in all probability, 10 years from now. 10 years from now. So you could get arrested today and locked up without a trial, without being convicted, without being sentenced for, say, 10 years until the threat of your future criminal behavior passes. Prolonged detention, he's calling it. This was a beautiful speech from President Obama today with patriotic, moving, even poetic language about the rule of law and the Constitution, and one of the most radical proposals for defying the Constitution that we have ever heard made to the American people. All right. So you you get what's going on there. And all of this is predicated. L listen, when they have the no-fly list, I mean, we've seen babies on the no-fly list. We've seen military generals and all kinds of other people get put on the no-fly list where they can't they can't travel because somebody said, well, they're on the no-fly list. They're a potential terrorist or whatever. They haven't proven anything. But they do this. They throw these guys in jail or they take them down to Guantanamo. And look, I used to be one that thought, okay, well, maybe this is a good thing. I didn't know at the time. And I thought, well, good. Okay, they got the bad guys. I'm not so sure that many, many times we can be sure who the bad guys are. I, we know who the bad guys are in D.C. And to address the prison situation, we got somebody asking in the thing, well, how is, how is prisons unbiblical? You know, prisons are mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, so is hanging. So is Judas going out and hanging himself. Does that mean that's a good thing? That mean that's okay? That's what we ought to be doing? Uh, going committing suicide? We've got Solomon with all his wives and concubines. Does that mean just because it's presented that that's what God commanded? No, there's a distinction. Go back and read the law and you'll understand. God never issued a prison. Never did it. He said, if you're guilty of a capital crime, you get the death penalty. That's what it is. That's God's law. That's his, stat his commands, his statutes, his judgments. Now, if you want to reject that, then you're rejecting God, not me. Just because something is presented in the Bible does not mean it's commanded. That's where you're falling off the wagon here. You, you got to correct yourself on that. If somebody had something that they stole, did they go to jail for that? Nope. They went and they repaid it. Or you asked about slavery. They indentured themselves to that person till that was paid for. They worked for that person that they took for them till they repaid it. It, it, the law of God's pretty clear. It's pretty simple. And if you're not guilty of any of those crimes, guess what? You don't get jail. You don't get fined. You don't get harassed. It's none of that. You don't face the death penalty. You wonder why we're in the mess we're in. It's because of that. People think the system of the world that men have set up is God's system. They're mixing and matching, picking and choosing what they want to in that. And that's why you have a problem. Why is this such an issue? Because men have said, yep, it's okay that you jail people, that you incarcerate them for just, I mean, even for having things that God put on the plant, on, on the earth, plants that he put on the earth. It's okay if we put people in jail for that. What? But see, you've already succumbed to that by saying, yeah, we ought to have these prisons. Do you know that in the land of the free, home of the brave, as it used to be called. We have the largest prison population on the earth. Yep. Yep. Largest prison population. And they make money from the people being in prison. And here's Obama saying, you know, this guy is sleight of hand. Every time you hear him talk, that talk he had, I think it was in Brussels or Belgium. It's one of those B words over there. Uh, where he talked about, you know, we... He's given that speech about giving up our rights to a sovereign. And at the first part of that, when he's saying that, he's talking out against it. But the rest of his speech is all about doing exactly what he said we shouldn't be doing and what was in the past. It's all about the same thing. And here he is doing this. And you can bet your bottom dollar the people agree to this kind of stuff. And then what happens is, you remember all those FEMA camps? I've got a, a map, a list of where they're all at, all the executive orders involving that. I'll try to remember to throw that in the archive if you're interested in looking at it. All that's going to be set up for the same thing. 
Bradley was talking about a crisis coming. My friend Bill, the truck driver theologian, mentioned that the other day. He said, I think they're about to unleash something that's very, very dangerous and very deadly. This is why, in my opinion, it's just my information. I'm not telling you to go do it. I'm not a doctor or anything like this. It's just for information, entertainment purposes here when I say this. This is why I say you need to get your chlorine oxide. You, you need to have it. You really do. And you need to start eating healthy if you're not doing that. You really do. You need to prepare your body for that. But when they do, guess what's coming in? FEMA. There was a video that I had, uh, just a short thing. I've played it once. And let me just see if I can um, bring this up really quick. Yeah, I can bring this up. So you know how, like, in television and movies and things like this, they tell you what they're going to do before they're going to they're going to do it. We we have a look back on the con bids and we can look back two decades through different things. We've we played several clips from films and television shows, stuff like this, along with showing documentation where they were planning all this and they're putting it in there. That's why they call it TV programming. They're programming you. This was from the first X-Files film. Now, again, it's a fictitious story, but I want you to listen to the back and forth here, and you tell me that this isn't their plan. Tell me it's not their plan of what they're doing. What was it? When we were young men in the military, your father and I were recruited for a project. They told us it was biological warfare, a virus. What killed those men? What killed them, I won't even write about. We have no context for what killed those men, or any appreciation of the scale in which it'll be unleashed in the future. A plague? A plague to end all plagues, Agent Mulder. A silent weapon for a quiet war. The systematic release of an indiscriminate organism for which the men who will bring it on still have no cure. They've been working on this for 50 years. While the rest of the world have been fighting cooks and commies, these men have been secretly negotiating a planned Armageddon. Negotiating with whom? I think you know. The timetable has been set. It'll happen on a holiday when people are away from their homes. The president will declare a state of emergency at which time all government, all federal agencies will come under the power of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, the secret government. All right, so there they are telling you, they're showing you on there what the plan is. And look, every time there's there's some kind of disaster, every time there's some kind of emergency, who gets on the scene? FEMA. Now, they usually get there really late and they do a crappy job. I'm just going to tell you, they do a crappy job. The people on site, the people who live in that area and people from around the country will travel in to try to help people cut out trees. You've seen it. You've seen with these tornadoes uh, that have come through. You've seen it with hurricanes. People from all over the country will come down. They don't need the government to do it. Matter of fact, many times the government gets in the way. They stop people from going in for their safety. We've got it under control. We're, we're from the government. We're here to help. They don't want you showing love to your neighbor, which is what God, what, what Jesus commanded, did he not? You're to love your neighbor as yourself. And these people want to go and they want to do that. We saw that with Pastor Artur up there in Canada, feeding the homeless and getting fined, getting thrown into jail. Why? Because he's feeding the homeless. He's, he's ministering to the sick. He's preaching the word of God. And, and what does the state do? It comes in and says, no, no, you can't do that. Can't do it. The state wants to be God. They want to be your daddy. That's what they want to be. That's their goal. Here's another one of things that they can't do. And by the way, what, what does Jesus says? Call no man your father. It doesn't mean you can't you know, call dad, dad. That's not what it is. But there's only one father. But we're not to be looking to big government to be our father. We're not looking to them to be God. Some people want them to be. They want them to make law about everything. And by the way, this happens on both sides of the aisle. Both sides of the aisle. The same people who fuss about the guys calling for gun control, right? 
or gun confiscation. They don't they don't call it that. They call it gun control. Same people calling for that stuff will be rightly outed for it. And those same people outing them will have the same mindset with other things. We need to ban this. We need to stop that. We need to do this. Things that are completely lawful, at least according to God. They want to ban that. They want to jail you for that. They want to fine you for that. It's absolutely incredible. Here's another thing that they're not telling you about. I mean, how many in the in the Mockingbird media actually have reported on all these releases out of Florida? And I think there's a couple other states where they're releasing these genetically modified organism. Mr. Words made mention of this in the chat. A genetically modified organism mosquitoes. Is Ron is Ron DeSantis promoting that on his pitiful run to the White House? No, he's not doing that. Bill Gates is funding this. He, I knew you're not surprised by that. This is the same guy who has funded studies and pushed for spraying chalk in the air, blocking out the sun, providing new poisons to kill you uh, that he calls vaccines, genetically modifying farm animals, buying up farmland, uh, and then GMO mosquitoes. On top of that, he's paid billions to the Mockingbird media to carry his narrative. He's got a guy that he's funding through the World Mosquito Program. They have the largest um, production of engineered mosquitoes in the world. It's down in a place called Medellin, Colombia. They turn out 30 million of these mosquitoes every week. 30 million of them. Um, and the guy who runs it down there, he's the founder and director of World Mosquito Program, Scott O'Neill. I want you to see this. You Now, look, if you take just what they say that they're trying to do, it sounds noble. They want to stop the spread of dengue and malaria and a host of other things that are 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 transmitted by mosquitoes, or at least that's what we're told. Okay. And I, I, I think that's a noble thing. I, I really do. But when you start messing with the creation, there's always going to be some kind of side effect to it. There just is. God has formed the world. Look, when you read Genesis 1, what does it say after every time that God created something? He said it was very good. He looked at it and it was very good. God knows what he's doing. The problem isn't God. It isn't necessarily with his creation. It's with man. That's the problem. I want you to see this. This comes from the World Mosquito Program. This is, uh, again, Scott O'Neill. He's the founder and director of the World Mosquito Program. And he's going to show you this little factory here. There are little strips of paper, you know, about as long as my beard, that will have 10,000, up to 10,000 mosquito eggs on them. I mean, this is just absolutely incredible. And by the way, they're funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which get a lot of their money from governments who've taxed their people, and now they're just giving them away. They do the same thing with Gavi, with the, with the vaccines. They take the people's money, and they just give it away to Bill and Melinda Gates for their own little projects. We're going to have to do a show on taxation. I mean, really, and how wicked it is. To direct tax people, it's a wicked thing. It is not a good thing. It is a wicked thing. Anyway, um, here's here's this little clip. Hi, I'm Scott O'Neill here in Medellin, Colombia today, and I'm at the world's biggest mosquito factory for the World Mosquito Program. We're making in here 30 million mosquitoes a week. Come have a look. We're doing it for a very serious reason. Cities like Medellin have suffered from diseases like dengue, Zika, chikungunya for decades, but not anymore. We've been able to bring the solution of Wolbachia mosquitoes to this city. When this bacteria called Wolbachia gets introduced into the mosquito, it stops their ability to transmit dengue. We release mosquitoes that have Wolbachia. Now they go and mate, and Wolbachia gets passed into the wild mosquito population. If we're going to control these diseases in all the tropical cities of the world, um, it's going to require a lot of mosquitoes. The 
mosquito life cycle starts with the egg. And in this room, we've got a lot of eggs. Each one of these strips, these tiny black dots are up to 10,000 mosquito eggs. Across all of these strips, about one and a half million dried eggs waiting to hatch. In this tray, we've got the newly hatched eggs. They're little larvae, so small you can hardly see them. They're gonna sit in here for a few days and eat and get bigger until they look like these ones over here. They're starting to turn into pupae. We're wanting to do the next step of sorting sorting the males from the females. We want to do that so we can manipulate the sex ratio in the cages to be more female than male. The bottom ones along here are the boys and the ones at the top are the girls, they're bigger. From here, they're going into the adult cages. We have adults that we continuously grow in what we call our brood stock. And then over here, we have the mass produced mosquitoes getting ready to give us the eggs to go out directly into the field. It's crazy how they sound. You might wonder, what do we feed all these mosquitoes here? Well, I can tell you, we've got the good stuff in here. On the top shelf, literally, we've got the blood. They love it. Once the mosquitoes are grown, they're ready to wonder go where out they're into getting the field. I, I wonder where they're getting that. The blood. Makes you, make, does kind of make you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, maybe they're getting it through legitimate means. I don't know, but it uh, does make you wonder. Um, it's interesting. <clears throat> the National Institutes for Health funded a study that used GMO mosquitoes to inject humans with their quote-unquote vaccines. How's that for informed consent? It's not. It's not. And by the way, Bill Gates was on board with it. He's on board with you getting them releasing their GMO mosquitoes into the population, not just to control disease like this, not just to, um, you know, kind of break off some of the uh, population of mosquitoes. We had, we had a guy on from uh, Lee County, Florida. He was with the sheriff's department. I, I just couldn't believe it, but apparently it's a thing. He was in charge of... <laughs> Dealing with the mosquito population down there. Yeah, got a whole setup with helicopters and boats and all this stuff just for mosquitoes. Absolutely incredible. But here they're talking about, well, we can just get everybody injected. If we, if we can't get them to eat our meat, this got it in it, or our fake meat, this, and we're going to get to that in a second, or our vegetables and things that we're trying to put this mRNA technology in it. If we can't do that, we're going to do this other. We're just gonna we're just gonna send out the flying monkeys here, and they're gonna go and do our bidding, and the people will never know it, and they'll be thankful for it or dead. Speaking of that, did you hear about this? Uh, um, the guy, the the lady who died, Sheila Oliver. New Jersey Lieutenant Governor dies at age 71. She was one of the ladies. Uh, this is her here. She was one of the ladies pushing the shots. Yeah, they're probably going to come up with something. Oh, well, she was old. Oh, she was suffering with this, blah, blah, blah. But she's one pushing the shots. She's pushing it. You, you can bet your bottom dollar that what's going on is she took that shot. Now, I know there's a lot of people who didn't take it, and we've shown that. It's clear they didn't take the shot. Very clear. Even though they took it in front of the cameras. Then we have people who are, and I'm running out of time here, so I'm wanting to get to some scripture here in just a second, but we've got other people who are promoting things. They, they say that they want to end humanity, or at least they want to whittle it down to where they can control them. They can make them their slaves. Uh, this is sonsoflibertymedia.com. Twelve signs globalists are attempting to engineer the end of humanity, but the creators have none of it. I mean, he's going to, he'll intervene in this. There's no question in my mind he'll intervene. He'll raise up men to intervene in it, or he'll directly intervene with it and take some people's lives or destroy their facilities or whatever the case may be. So here's the thing. 
We also have this going. This is uh, Governor Pritzker. This is the same guy trying to deal with the uh, take people's guns, trying to ban guns and stuff. This little tyrant. Actually, he's not little. He's a he's a big boy. He could he could use laying off some donuts a little bit. Governor Prisker has signed a law that will allow illegal immigrants to become police officers and sheriff's deputies. Does anybody see anything wrong with that at all? Like, I don't even think you. I don't. No matter what side of the political aisle you're on, doesn't that sound wrong? Illegal. That means it's unlawful. Right? People who are here, who aren't here on the green card, they're not here, uh, you know, on a visa. They're not citizens. They're not any of that. But he's going to allow them to be those who are going to rule over you. Oh, doesn't that sound like Deuteronomy 28? Yes, it does. The foreigner will get up above you. They'll become the head and you'll become the tail. Sounds just like God's word coming to pass just the way he said. Why? Because God doesn't change. He's immutable. He deals with men in the same fashion. As far as nations. In Illinois, American citizens will be arrested by illegals. Hmm. And this is according to a guy on Twitter uh, who's just making some comments. He said, once this takes effect, people who are actively breaking federal law will be arresting Americans if they break, I'm going to say for the most part, pretended law. Pretended law. I, you know, I, I got to say for Travis, he said, this is the madness from the Democrat Party. It isn't just the Democrat Party. Your Republicans aren't stopping it, which makes them accomplices to it. See, this is why I'm telling this is why we say here constantly, there's really no difference between the two parties. One does the bad deed, the other one lets them get away with it. And then they then then the people who let them get away with it, when they get in power, they tee everything up sounding like they're conservative, constitutional, all this kind of stuff, while they're implementing things that tee it up for the next time the alleged bad guys get in power so they can just run with it. Ex exhibit A is Operation Warp Speed. Sure, Donald Trump didn't mean anything, but he set up everything for the mandates to come in, declaring a national emergency. As soon as he did that, that's where all these states started coming in and doing these mandates and the lockdowns and all that other stuff. They couldn't have done it if he if he didn't do that. He could have stopped that anytime he didn't do it. And once all of that was in place, then Joe Biden's in office illegitimately. I think he's in there illegitimately. I do. And what does he do? He pushes the mandates. All of this kind of stuff's gone. Then we have the lab-grown meat. And uh, it's, you know, I've done several stories on this. Uh, you can see them at sonslibertymedia.com. We've carried several of these. Uh, Bill Gates behind a lot of this is fake meat causes turbo cancer in humans. Um, we've also dealt with this. Now, this one is a really interesting one in which they were taking human cells. They were taking human cells, cultivating them into a lab into small little, almost filet mignon size steaks for sale. And these people here, this Ouroboros steak They promote a grow-your-own-human-meat kit. Now, do I have to tell you what that actually is? Is that not cannibalism? I, I don't... If you're eating human flesh, is that not what it is? Sounds like that's what it is to me. And that's what they're promoting. And then you've got 3D-printed meat. I mean, what in the world is that all about? Who wants to eat that? Even the quote-unquote plant-based meat. Plant-based meat is a cow eating some grass. You kill it, you slaughter it, you have a steak, you have a burger, whatever. That's plant-based. And I'm not for I'm not against things that that are full of plants and the things in God's creation. That's great. But all this stuff's modified in some way 
quote unquote science. I said that yesterday when I was talking about atoms. I know some people said some comments to me and look, I appreciate that. Keeping me honest with it. But I did use the air quotes when I said what the scientists tell us uh, about those things. All of that's dangerous. And on top of that, there was this report out. Uh, in chicken. Well, that, that was not the one I want to pull up. For some reason, oh, they had a, uh, a woman who had cervical cancer in 1951. They took her cells, her cancerous cells, and they started using them for all kinds of treatments for decades. And they claim, well, we never made any money about it or this, that, and the other. We're probably going to have to go over just a little bit just to, to get in some other things here. But um, just this is the short report of where they did this. They took us from, they took the cells of a lady with cancer, uh, cervical cancer, and her family was suing over it and got a settlement. Listen to this. And a major legal win for Henrietta Lack's family. She's the black woman whose cervical cancer tissue cells were taken without her knowledge or consent in 1951. She later died, but her cells, known as the HeLa cells, have been used for a lot of modern-day medicine and treatment that we have right now. Her cells were also the first to be cloned and used for countless other medical innovations. The new settlement was reached with biotech company Thermal Fisher Scientific, who the Lacks family said continue to profit from their family member sales. Black women have done so much to help build America, to help build the world, to help progress. And Henrietta Lacks' story is one that must be taught to every student, black, white, brown, all students should know the story of Henrietta Lacks little boys and especially little girls. The terms of the settlement are confidential. Johns Hopkins says it never sold or profited from her cell lines, but that many companies have patented ways of using them. Yeah, okay, well, if they've, if they've done all that, how did they patent the ways to use it? If somebody isn't making money, if somebody didn't sell it, what's going on there? Why is John Hopkins not going after them? Hmm. Just a question. Remember, John Hopkins was the premier promoter of the convids when that came out. They had the big death map. You remember all over the world, all the red spots and everything. And then when we reported on the fact that they were projecting that, they go, well, we never predicted it. We never used the word predicting. Well, what are you putting a model up for if you're not trying to predict what's going on? Yeah. Liars. Uh, you can bet your body. You can you can bet it that the reality is, is they were making money on it. They were making money on it. But what does God say about that as far as the food issue here? Uh, you know, he again, he calls to his people. Psalm chapter 81. Here's what he says. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would uh, have none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust and they, uh, excuse me, and they walked in their own counsels. All that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon, I, sh I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. That's a promise for us today too. If we'll turn to him. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Listen, people are worried about the food issue. I, one of the greatest things you can do, we call it prepping today. 100 and 150 years ago, they just called it living. Start learning to grow your own food, even if it's small. Start small. We're, we're doing that here in the Brown House. Growing your own food. Get some chickens. Get a goat or whatever. If you got to get one of those indoor plant growers, do that. Start somewhere. Trust in the Lord to provide those things instead of living in fear of what men might do, what men might plant. Men plant a lot of things. And a lot of times, God brings their plans to naught. And He does it 
for his namesake and for his people. Keep that in mind. Bradley be with you at three. Hang on, I'm going to go over just one more passage here. And you can see that sonsoflibertymedia.com, before it's news.com. And we'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios. Okay, all right. So, again, there's solutions to all these problems. But where men go in all of this is always after exactly what God says here in verse 12. He gives them up to their their own heart's lust. And this is what you're seeing. God removing his hand from restraining men and letting them do what's really in their heart. And this is why I say over and over, man is not basically good. This is why he needs a savior. He's basically sinful. And again, we talked about total depravity, how it's a, how the fall and sin has affected our minds, our bodies, our wills, our emotions, everything. And we need God to do a work inside of us, a work we can't do. He talks about taking out a heart of stone, putting in a heart of flesh. What about this protection? You know, we're doing all this stuff with mosquitoes and they're trying to give us shots that they claim is for our good and for our benefit. Boy, I tell you what, one of my favorite passages for that is this. I mean, you know, I read this all throughout the convicts. Some people get it, some people don't, but I'm going to give it anyway. Because I do believe the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, ha- it is powerful. Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Notice the thing here, though. Dwelleth. Dwelleth. Where, what does that mean? That means where you live is in the secret place of the Most High. Abiding, what does that mean? Same concept. Psalms often use this the same thing. They say it in a different way, but they're, they're saying the same thing together. Abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Ooh, a refuge and a fortress. It's not a shack. God's not a shack for his people. He's a fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And this is, you know, when Jesus talks about that at Jerusalem, Matthew 23, after he's just woed them, pronounced judgment on them, what does he say? He says, I would have gathered your children like a chicken gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. He's not talking about the children. He's talking about those religious hypocrites that he just pronounced all the woes. You guys stood in the way. I'm here for the children. And you're standing in the way of them. You're standing in the way of what's going on here. Now, he overcame that. Don't get me wrong. He overcame it. But it says, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. For the pestilence that walketh in darkness, or sometime after 10 p.m. in some places where they want to install curfews. Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Then he says this. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Listen, it's not because you say Jesus. It's not because uh, you want to talk about God. It's not because you might have a Bible in your house. Nope. It says this. Because thou hast made the Lord, that's Yahweh, it's the specific, the, the one true living God, which is my refuge, even the Most High, 
thy habitation. Now there's promises in there. There really are promises in there for the people of God. But they're conditional promises. Notice what he said. You make him your habitation. He's the place where you abide. He's the place where you dwell. He's the one that you trust. And you trust him because you abide in him. Because you dwell in him under his protection. Does that mean there's never going to be anything befall us? No, you can look all through the scriptures. You can look through the history of the church. And what do you see? There's all kinds of things that befall people. It's not that. But rather than trusting in man with all the stuff that we've been seeing here and all their technology and all their science, is that I think a lot of it's just pseudoscience, Frankenscience, instead of doing all that, why will the people of God not trust in the one they say they believe in? Why will they not do that? And then does it mean saying, well, I just believe it and sitting back and doing nothing. I've told you guys, uh, I we used to do a lot of security installs, security system installs for some widows, uh, elderly women. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I have no stomach for many of these, these so-called preachers who appear on places like TBN and stuff. I mean, they're straight out of Second Peter 2, if you ask me. I've sit and installed these things while these, you know, these poor women that are left to themselves sit there and watch these people. And I've even sit there and heard them talk about, you know, supporting them with their money, the little bit of money they get. Most of the time, you know, they didn't have anything from their husbands or whatever in their own government welfare or social security was pretty much the same thing. You're still dependent upon the government for it. It makes me angry. I don't like any of those cats. I, I really don't like any of them. Because they take advantage of these people. And boy, when I say there's hell to pay, that's exactly what's coming to them. Because God cares for the widows and he cares for the orphans. And I, I've talked with one of those ladies and she goes, well, I just believe God's going to take care of me. And I just sit there and think to myself, then why are you putting a security system in here? You obviously believe God uses means for certain things. And he does. He uses means to provide for us. How many of us get up in the, in the morning and say, well, God's just going to provide for me today. I'll lay here in bed and enjoy this nice comfy bed. Or I'll go get in the easy chair and I'll sit around and wait for God to provide for me. How many of us do that? That's foolish, isn't it? That's just foolish. And yet, this is what they this is where they're going with things. Anybody who is like that, who's been government dependent, not all, but but there's a vast majority. I've been in the, I guess if you want to call them the projects of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've seen it. I've seen it government-assisted living, and stuff like that. And a lot of it that people bring on themselves, by the way. A lot of promiscuous women and men, then they get a lot of children, and then what happens? They're, de they're dependent upon government. They, many of them don't even have jobs. I've seen it. But God's people shouldn't be like that, right? That's not, how, that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That's what we talked about yesterday. We're to be a demonstration of what God has called us to be in Christ. Because we're good? Nope. Far from it. But because he has saved us from our sin, he has granted to us repentance and faith, and he's reconciled us back to God. We're no longer enemies of God. We're friends of God. We're part of his family. We've been adopted, Ephesians 1, into his family. And he marked us out for that from before the worlds were made. He predestined us to that. We have nothing to boast of except in him and what he did in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, if you're a person, maybe you've taken the name of Christ, but you haven't been living, you've never been changed. Boy, I hope the Holy Spirit convicts you. I hope he brings repentance into your heart. I really do. 
gives you the new birth. I, I, I pray that God would do that. And maybe if you're a person who isn't a Christian, maybe you mock Christianity. Maybe you mock the show. I don't know. Now, I pray God would con convert you. I pray he would open your eyes to see what's going on here. Your life and your very soul depends upon that. And so while all of these guys are doing all these things and they deceive you into saying, this is for your good, this is for good. They're really working it towards your bad. But I got something for the believer, the one who does what Psalm 91 says. I got something for you. You ready for this? Romans 8, 28. All things, even what the bad guys have planned, even what they might implement to a certain extent, they work together for our good. Who's good? Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Keep that in the context because I hear a lot of people say that and they live like the devil. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't work for good for you. It works for bad for you. It's going to work for your bad. But for those who love God and are called according to his purposes, all things, even the quote unquote bad things, work together for our good. And I'll add, for God's glory. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then Lord willing, we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. in the morning. See you.